This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. good homie yes sir yes sir <laughs> uh, dude i am yo, so... <laughs> i don't you ever been this excited to do an episode yo honestly this is probably the most excited and nervous i've been since our literal first episode and the funny thing is is the first episode yeah. we were recording so i could go back and edit shit you know so right. if i said something stupid but tonight mike this is a huge show because of all the just shit that happened this weekend, okay? And on top of that, this coming weekend, we have probably one of the – the just a, an amazing show with some unbelievable bowlers coming on Saturday night for the Players' Championship. But, Mike, before we get into the regions, because the chat room is already, already lit up. It's already lit, okay? I, I heard you both pretty good at the tournament this weekend. Um so Bowl give us a little this bit. weekend, Rob. Uh, okay. Greg Tack event, New Jersey Sport Bowling Organization. As I said, he's been on a couple times. Uh, great, great events, great events. If you're in the local area, check it out. Great events. You want to check out sport bowling. Cheap experience if you want it to be. Uh, if you love action, there's a lot of action too. Uh, short pattern, Bristol Pike Lanes, one of the where Bill practices, one of the places I grew up bowling. Uh, bowled on the pair, Rob with with uh, Paluzic. Oh, I the pants. On the pair with Paluzic. I the did. Pants. Joey Pants. Today it was jo- on Sunday, it was Joey Money because he had the money shirt on, right? Uh, so short pattern, bold on a good, bold on a great pair, actually. Shout, shout to all the guys that I bold on that pair with on Sunday because it was a really good, you know, when you go to a tournament, Rob, and sometimes you get a bad pair and sometimes you get a good pair. Th- this was like great pair. So. Uh, bowled really well. Uh, what a two uh, 2-0 the first game, two sixty nine game two. Okay, purple hammer, purple hammer, Rob. I was using the purple hammer. I was using the purple yeah, hammer. Purple <laughs> game. I was using the purple hammer, and Dude, I went two hundred, two sixty nine, uh, and then I kind of lost my look a little bit and went. I think one eighty. Found my look again towards the middle of that next game, 190. And then I'm not going to lie, it was six games, right? And I'm not going to lie, the, the the fifth and sixth game, I had a chance to go 230, 240 if I would have punched out in the ninth and tenth. And I opened, <laughs> I opened on both ones. So uh, Jimmy's bringing it hot, man. Super <laughs> act, best always. bowling podcast out there. Yeah, I said it. I don't give a shit. I love it. Uh so it, yeah, listen. I had a chance, had a real chance to to move up in the standings the last couple of games. I, Dude, I people are questioning the integrity well of, of your tournament. Of this game, I know. Well, they should. Of the first you know, two maybe games, as they should. Uh, so it was great. It was great to bowl well. It was a great event. H- Rob, hundred entries, hundred entries. Sport conditions on a Sunday while there's football on, and it was freezing out. 
Okay, 100 entries. Uh, Greg's got the formula for success uh, in running these sport events. So great event, and it was awesome. I cashed. I won the set. I won the game two high game pot. Uh, threw it really well. Went to practice Saturday morning. Shout to Hal Lanes for putting out uh, some sport patterns and opening at nine in the morning so people can actually get some practice in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, I, it, it was it was nice to be competitive. That's what I'll say. Well, it's good, man. It's good to hear that you're bowling well. I know you've been practicing a lot, working hard on your game. Trying, hard work, man. hard Trying. work, dedication, hard work, dedication. Right from Floyd Mayweather. You put in the hard work, you put in the dedication, the results are going to come. Trying. And then so uh, league report quickly last night, uh, 550, yeah, 550-something, 560, 177, 177, I think, 200, 198, something like that, the last game. Uh, used the wrong ball for the first game, half the first game. Used the wrong ball for half the third game. Uh, left seven splits, made two, two missed makeables. Didn't bowl all that great. The guys we bowled against bowled really well. Uh, I know we don't have time to get into it. You know, when the action dies down, Rob, I, I this this league is just a, a source of a source of of comedy in my life right now. So uh, we'll get into that later. But I did want to give my weekly uh, league and league and this week tournament review. Uh, I won't be back in the tournament. There is a county masters tournament this weekend on sport that I won the bowl, but I'm going to AC Friday night. We're supposed to get a storm here this weekend, so I'm hoping it gets canceled and I can bowl it when they reschedule it. But if they don't and I go to AC Friday night, there's zero chance that I'm showing up to bowl this county masters tournament because I'm just going to be in no condition to bowl on Saturday. But uh, great time. Had a good weekend. Always fun bowling. Encourage people get out, bowl on the tough. All right, Rob, let's get into it, bro. Yeah, Mike. Uh, so where do you want to start? Let's start on the the, the order of uh, the shows because obviously it was a big weekend of bowling. We had five live shows um, to get to the Players' Championship, which is this Saturday at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um, Mike, first show, East Region. Our boy Bill didn't have a good showing, Mike. Kyle Troop didn't have a good showing. Had Graham. bets on had bets on both of them. Bets on both of them. Had a max had a max bet on Bill. Had a had a had a decently sized bet on Kyle Troop. Had another bet on Bill to win the game against uh, Dombrowski. Dombrowski, and lost that as well. Uh, who would have known that the right lane was going to develop like that after the first game when it was so bad in the first game, and. Uh, I, I I'm not going to get into I'm not going to get into deep details here, but from what I was told, uh, the arrangement of the practice situation had a lot to do with what you saw in the confusion on that right lane and in how the lanes generally broke down for that particular show. So uh, our betting our betting didn't go real well in that first show, Rob. Uh, you know, in general, to me, the storyline from that show was uh, was was the lefties. Okay, first of all, shout to Brandon Runk, threw it tremendously, threw it tremendously. I don't. I mean, I agree with Randy. It was it was one of the few times in the whole weekend that I found myself actually in, actually interested in agreeing with uh, with some of the commentary. But uh, Brandon Runk threw it great, hardly missed at all. And uh, was not able 
to to get the win. Graham Fa, on the other hand, again threw it great. You know, didn't really miss and had some better fortune and was able to get it done. We we you know he's been around Rob, but he's not a guy who has really been that competitive since he won uh, his one title, which was the, the this tournament, the Players Championship. Yeah, he won the he won the Players Championship in 2016, I believe. Um, and uh, he's, you know, looked like it was his first televised appearance since 2017. So he's been he's been playing. He's a good bowler. Um, honestly, this show is flat, in my opinion. And I I, I talked about it a little bit on social media on Twitter. Uh, for a the, the, crowd, that, the crowd was flat. It was a flat show, considering it the had was flat the whole weekend. Yeah, considering it was a Kyle Troop, and I'll, I'll talk about the crowd with the way they have the crowd placed. I'm not a fan of because I like the fans in the back. You could see the fans, you could see the people out there in the crowd, you could see the reactions, right? Because to me, that's a big part of having the fans back. But they still have this digital board in the back, and you can't see any of the fans' reactions. And you, the whole setup is, is, is I like the older setup, right, where you have the fans in the back. Um, Anyway, so that's a whole nother rant I could go on. But, uh, yeah, the crowd placement is terrible, Billy. I agree. Um, the video boards just – I don't mind it when the, the pandemic was going on and there was no fans. Bring back the fans. Let's see the reactions and let's see the, like, noise. Let's hear it. You could see noise, Mike. You know what I mean? Uh, you could see it. So, anyway, to me, my storyline of the East show was the fact that Rob Stone didn't know that when a ball bounced out of the gutter, it's an actual miss. Um, to me, that was the storyline of the show. Like, yeah, Kyle Troop struggled, right? Like he for 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 a show that had Kyle and Bill O'Neill, um, I kind of believe that like it just things didn't pan out in a great way. Um, so it just kind of was to me, it was just bowling. Um, so yeah, so I don't know what Rob Stone was doing, uh, but I mean it is what it is. Like I said, I don't really have a whole lot to talk about the East because there's so much other good stuff going on that I don't really want to spend too much time on that, honestly. All right, but but Grandpa locks up that first spot in the show. Fokker, he's got right. I got my eyes on you, Fokker. Uh, and and just to note, a recent staff switch for him as well. Oh, uh, yeah, he... new new to the Brunswick staff. So you know, we had talked a couple weeks ago about you know, the various staff switches. And, and we were both saying how we really didn't think that over the time that we've been doing this podcast and really paying close attention to uh, to, to this stuff, that it ha- that has made that much of a difference. You know, and I'm not – well, I don't know. I guess present context of our conversation tonight, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I, I'm not going to assign it just to that right now. But uh, – I guess it remains to be seen. You know, will will he have more success as the season goes on, or, or will he not? Um, the dual patterns also, Rob played in played as a big factor in this in this particular show. In some of the other shows, it didn't seem like they played in to be as much of a factor, but in this particular show, you definitely saw the struggle of the players to um, keep with the transition of both lanes at the same time. Yeah. Well, it's the guinea pigs. The, the East region was yep. the guinea pigs, right? Yeah, you're so, right, and and yeah, and I I said there there were also some some issues with the with the practice format that contributed to that as well. But you know, I just found it interesting that 
in some of the other shows. Duke Duke is the one guy who stands out to me from the other shows who did seem to really have a difference between how he was playing the two lanes. Uh, but for the most part, it really seemed like the players were either locked in on both lanes uh, or were, were generally doing something similar on both lanes in terms of the ball they were using. So, you know, that was, that was an interesting part of this show to me. But, uh, all right, Grand Fah locks up the first spot. And, and you know, by the time we're done this conversation, Rob, obviously we'll have five guys uh, that are going to bowl uh, Saturday night uh, for a hundred grand. And as you can see at the bottom of our scroll here, uh, we will be going live Saturday night uh, at 8.15, 15 minutes before the show comes on, uh, right here at Sweep the Rack, Facebook, YouTube, check us out. And uh, come and watch the show with us. We're going to do our own commentary. We're going to do we're going to do Eli Manning, uh, Peyton Manning style, and, and we've done this before. Uh, we might have some guests. We're still working things out, uh, but at a minimum, you will have me and Rob. Uh, I will have a spread of food. Rob may be uh, a couple drinks in by the time we we roll around to the show that night. So come and join us and hang out. You know, uh, bring whatever you need to bring to to feel relaxed. Okay, we don't. We don't hate here, okay? Uh, so, Rob, on to the South region, right? And I, I just made that point about the dual patterns, and I think that's kind of a good transition point to the South region because, to me, the story of the South region was Tommy Jones' domination. Uh, no one was going to beat him, and he uses the same ball on both lanes. Dude, Tommy looks good right now, don't he? I mean, he's he's been bowling really well. Uh, and for what he did at the region and how much he completely dominated and then goes on the show and then, what did he shoot, 268? But, yeah, I mean, how could you beat a Tommy Jones-Norm Duke final, Mike? I mean, to me, that was just – this was a great show. Uh, but let me talk about the $50 that I lost on to on Toby Sam Bueno stoning an A-pin. And we had money on that. I lost one. and the 50 that uh, P.J. Haggerty and Sam Ross seen sweep the rack loss. Go ahead. Talk about it. Dude, Toby Sambueno needed – what do you need? A double? He needed a double to win. And he got up and just absolutely stoned an eight. I mean, it was brutal to watch. I can't even imagine what, what was going on in his head when he did that. But, you know, first time on the show and uh, he makes a shot like that and stones an eight. I mean, you, you can't be mad at that, right? Like, you can't be mad at the way you threw it and you just could be mad at the result, but – yeah, if I'm him, I'm a little regretful about how I threw it earlier in the game. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I was. Just, I was just gonna say, I'm not criticizing the guy because you know it's probably one of the first times or the first time he's bowled on TV, and I'm sure the nerves are going, et cetera. But I think if you look at that match, he he would rather have back some of the shots that he threw earlier in that game than the eight pin. The eight pin was just bad luck. Some of the other shots, you know, weren't weren't very well executed. Um, so. Yeah, it, it he, he you know it was unfortunate. We we did have a bet in on him. Uh, it didn't work out. But Rob, I also had a max bet on Tommy Jones, and the reason I had a max bet on Tommy Jones was because he was the only player who was the top seed that was plus odds going into this going into this show. Can you believe that? When I saw that on Friday afternoon on my lunch break on Fox Bet. Uh, I was actually texting uh, with a friend of, of, of uh, you know, a circle of our friends. Uh, shout to Sean Slocum, and we were talking, and I I pointed this out to him, and we really thought it might have been a mistake. 
because everybody else was minus odds. It was the top seed, and Tommy Jones was not. So I right away hit the max bet on Tommy Jones, and that worked out really well for me because he won, and uh, I was able to cash that ticket. And that alone kind of put me in a position where I wasn't, I really wasn't going to be losing for the weekend anyway. So that was nice. Yeah. And he was like one of the only players that was actually able to use the same ball on two lanes, you know, at least for this show. And, um, and that ball looked great. I mean, he was using like one of those new Black Widow ghosts and, uh, and he's throwing the ball great. And between him, Boeing, Norm, Duke, Mike, I couldn't ask for a better final. The match was close. Tommy did kind of pull away with it. Um, probably like around the sixth or seventh a frame but it was a good match until tommy just kind of ran away with it so dude shout out to tommy jones but we're going to talk a little bit about tommy jones after the next uh preview right for the midwest region dougie what's good uh you just want to say norm duke oh norm duke the guy is he's ageless man the guy is amazing my god and you know what two shots Two shots yeah. is really what that match came down to. Two yeah. shots, you know. Duke, Duke, Duke made made a small error, two shots, and paid a maximum penalty for that small error, and that was the difference in that match. But my goodness, what we're seeing from him is just remarkable. It it's it's remarkable. The guy is fifty some years old, seven, and he's and he's out I there. Think. Almost, you know, really competing to win. He looks great. To win. He and looks great physically. Physically looks great, Mike. He he looks like he's same guy since when he was twenty. Game looks amazing. And I was told, Rob, that in practice, Norm Duke before that match threw zero straight shots on the long pattern. Do you know what that means? That means that when the match started, he went blind to throwing it straight and threw it that good. I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, you know? guys, like he's I, he's my favorite bowler. I've said it on air. He was my favorite bowler growing up. He's still my favorite bowler. Um, you know, he just it he he he's just unbelievable, and he's entertaining on top of it. You know what I mean? Like you always are looking as. For, for he's always playing with the crowd and he's always looks like he's having a great time. So shots to Norm Duke, man. What a great match though to finish that. Like that was one, you know, that was a great region. It was a great show. Um I hope I right, hope Mike. I hope we see him again at, at least oh. a couple more times throughout oh, yeah. the season. Oh yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised you see him at least two more times this year. Um all right, Mike, let's talk about what everybody's talking about because this was the region that stirred up the most shit. Um, so, Matt Russo, okay, Midwest region. Matt Russo was was awesome. I know okay? Matt Russo. I, I do. I, Previous I, guest of the yeah, show. He is, and I watched him come up and bowl in high school. He's been a great bowler since he was in high school. Um, EJ Tackett, though. Let's talk a little bit EJ Tackett first. Because doesn't it feel like EJ well, Tackett? No, let, no let, let's go back to Matt. The real the, okay. the, the, the point you were going to make before is that Matt Russo ran ran the ladder. He bowled great. Right? And bowled great. going into that show, you didn't expect one of the guys from the bottom portion of that ladder to be there at the end of that step ladder, and that's what happened. And you're right. Credit to Matt Russo. He threw it. He threw it excellent throughout the entire show, with the exception of a couple shots. Right. So uh, 
he gets to the match against EJ Tackett. Go, yeah, go ahead, Rob. I just EJ just seems to do the same things when he's on TV, Mike. It just seems like and look, and, and I commented on this and I got a little bit of shit, but his ball reaction, Randy commented on it prior to the show. He felt like he was harping on it a little bit where EJ's ball reaction just never seems to be great on TV. Okay. Now I don't know about qualifying and prior to TV because you know we don't get a chance to watch him a lot. But on the show, it just seems he always his ball's always burning up. You're using way too much energy. And then he tries to slow down one shot and he gets like four. Um, or he leaves a two eight and he misses it, or you know, he leaves a seven pin or a ten pin. But Mike, that match came down to the 10 frame, and EJ needed a strike to win, and he left a really, really light seven pin, which I tend to got into an argument with my brother because he's saying that that's he I'm saying that he didn't carry and my brother anyway. We could get into that, but EJ Tackett just seems to do EJ Tackett things when he's on the show, Mike. I mean, do you disagree with that? Or I, I mean, we've seen this a lot. I agree. I also think that Randy, I've never heard Randy uh, or any other uh, bowling commentator for that matter, be as critical as he was about the bowling balls. You know, to me, listening closely to what he was saying, it sounded like he was saying EJ Tackett's losing because of the bowling balls. You know, now you could say I'm going too far with that, but you go back, you go back and you listen, you listen to those comments. Okay. And, and as you said, Rob, it, it got to the point where he, even he felt like he was harping on it somewhat. Right. He so he said it multiple times. We notice it. He notices it. Yeah. And, and. Rob, we we talked about this at various points throughout the show. Uh, that at that level, the the difference between having a little bit of of error room for error in your release or your shot, and having very little room for error in your release or your shot, could be the difference in in, in a tournament, let alone one game. Right now, the thing about EJ Tackett that I'll say when it comes to the bowling balls and the equipment and the, and the carry and these various things that you're pointing out, Rob, like you said, he seems to have these, these instances where he doesn't, unless he throws it perfectly, he's not striking. Right. Right. But here, here's my uh, argument to that. He's constantly there. Right. He's constantly 100%. in the finals. He's constantly in the hunt. Right. So, why is there a demarcation between him bowling to get to that point and him bowling at that point? Listen, I don't know enough about the technical side of bowling to say it's it's exactly this or it's exactly it could be a lot of things. It could be the breakdown of the lanes on the show versus how they break down during the qualifying and match play portions before the show. It could be uh, different balls being used on the show. You know, we see this a lot, Rob, where a guy will use a ball the whole week to qualify and in match play, and then when he gets on the show, he's using something different. How many times have we personally seen that with Bill? It's been yeah. the case in, in many instances, right? Because it's a complete different tournament, essentially. Different lanes, okay. the lights, all of it. The breakdown is different. You got these five guys all bowling on the same pair with practice, and then, okay, so you, you have all these issues at play. So I don't I, I don't know what the technical explanation of it is. I don't know if it's EJ himself 
with that said. I don't know if this is his, you know, a barrier of execution, if you want to call it that. But let's be clear. There's an issue. There, there's an issue here because this this guy, this young guy, should should be winning some of these shows and finals that he's making with the way he throws it. And the fact is, he's not. I see a comment in the chat saying, well, pro Billy, Billy Punch is saying pros aren't winning with motive equipment. Billy, I tend to agree with that. I tend to agree with that. And I, I, I think that's painting things with a broad brush, and I don't like to do that. But I think the statistics do generally support that. Okay, so I don't again, I don't know the technical side of it to say, but clearly there's an issue there. So, Rob, Matt Russo, did you did you want to follow Rob? I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you off there. No, I mean, look, like you said it pretty well, um, EJ Tackett, I I feel like for the most part, um, it could be just both. It could be him and the, the equipment. Right. But. AJ Johnson's on motive. He got to the show. Like Richie Allen has success on the show at motive. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, like I think just EJ is just not comfortable on TV, regardless of how many times he's making his show. I feel like at this point it's probably in his head, honestly. Like, because to me, he's got the physical ability. I think he just is not comfortable, really. I said and, it like, looks the- like if he's got to throw it perfect or he doesn't strike. It's what it looks like to me. Yeah. So anyway, so look, okay. he loses again. Not big Matt deal. Russo, you know, Matt Russo, goes, Sean goes Rash. To bowl the match against Sean Rash, right? And this is what everybody okay. wants to talk about. It's what everybody's this... been talking about all week. We'll kind of fast forward to the end of the match, right? Everybody break knows. It down, well, Mike. What? I said break it down. People okay. maybe don't all really right. know what happened. So Rash gets up. 10th frame, match is pretty much over. He's got a double to give himself a chance. He doesn't double. He gets up to shoot his spare. He shoots his spare, and he says, and I'm not going to say that I'm quoting, but generally he says, three for three, integrity one day. Right, something along those lines. (laughs) It's like, what does it even mean? It's like a puzzle, Mike. Three, it was like three for three. You know, we'll have integrity one day in the sport or something. To something that like effect. that. Something yeah. to that. Right. He then shoots the spare, turns around, and says, Yeah, I yeah. said it. I don't give a shit. Okay. This is before Matt Russo goes up to throw his final frame. Who needs a mark to win? Okay. And the way Matt Russo was bowling, right? To me, I mean, yeah, he just split and made it, right? He made it. So he just split. So, I mean, you got to figure he's on his good lane. He's throwing urethane. What, what does he do, Mike? Dude, he goes Five dead through the nose. Right. And, and he had left the same shot in a previous, previous shot. Right? Night frame. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it was a mistake that he had made previously. Okay. Um. This is such a controversial like ending because like there's so many people that are either on like supporting Rash and saying like free Sean Rash hashtag right in the chat. And there's other people that are saying ban him from the tour, kick him off. Like it reminds me of Shooter McGavin, right? When he was at Happy Gilmore and he's telling like the PGA tour director, kick him off the tour, Doug. He's terrible. Get him out of here, you know? And all the fans are yelling and screaming and they're all happy. Anyway, it's such a crazy, like, situation because everybody is either – there are people that are for him or against him. Um, 
Now, Mike, before we get because we're going to give our opinions on, on on a lot of this, okay? Well, we got to break like? it. We got to break it down in terms okay. of bowling first, right? Okay. And so and, and Sherry White is asking a, an awesome question there to do that. Like, did Rash's outburst affect Matt Russo? Right? Is that one no. way to look at it? Okay. And Rob, I agree. Right? We're both bowlers. Okay. Yeah. No. It, no. It, no. I, I can't. It really was hard for me to see people in various forms of social media implying that what Rash did was either intended to rattle Matt Russo or that it was what led to Matt Russo making that shot. Listen, if that's true, uh, then Matt Russo is nowhere near the bowler that I think he is, and I'm pretty sure he's probably better than the bowler that I think he is. But – as a bowler, Rob, we both know that you got to get up there and throw the shoe. You can't be thinking about what your opponent's saying. Who cares what your opponent's saying? Okay. You're about to go and wrap up this tournament. You need to get up there and you need to make that shot. But Mike, here's the, the crazy thing is, though, not really a lot of people knew what the hell Rash was even talking about. And people are, you know, like, so Russo, I don't even real like, dude, you're in that moment and you know you have to mark. Do you even think that, like, Russo was comprehending on what Rash was actually saying when it happened? I don't think so. I mean, do you? Do you think he knew exactly what Rash meant? I don't think 95% of the people out there knew what Rash was talking about. Uh, no, I didn't. I, I mean, I, I, I had to think about it uh, for quite some time. Uh, to me, there were – do you want to analyze that? Is that where you want to go here? Let's okay, go, man. So, we're sweep the rack. We speculate. That's what so we do, to man. To me, there were two main – ways to look at what he had said one way is to obviously to look at it from the urethane perspective because you know he he hasn't been shy about his thoughts on urethane and particularly about the the purple hammer so when i first heard you know you think about urethane but i was questioning well what about the three for three right that didn't make a lot of sense to me so then i thought all right well is he talking about matt russo and is he saying well He's a lefty. He's two-handed. He's using a purple hammer. Yeah, that's what and, I and originally I, thought. Okay, that's what I originally I thought, thought maybe that's what he's saying. But no, then but no. I thought, well, hold on. I thought to myself, three Brunswick players won these three shows. Shows. Well, well no. Right. Well, hold on. It didn't turn out that no. way because of this result. But, but he thought at, at the time he time, lost. Right at he that thought time, he lost. I, I forgot to say that at that time. He was under the impression that three Brunswick players had won these three shows. And after thinking about that, that's what I thought he was saying. I thought it related to the fact that a Brunswick lane machine is used out on tour. And and, and Brunswick has a hand in, in doing the lanes on tour. No, it has nothing to do with the lanes. Okay, ladies. so but but Rob, I'm just Perfect. throwing out the possibilities. Okay, right? I'm okay. just throwing out okay. the possibilities. speculation. So, speculation, yeah, not not really speculating, but trying to take the fans through, you know, as a fan myself, trying to take the fans through what was my reaction to this in real time, right? Because sure. my reaction wasn't, and and listen, I mean, we do this podcast, we're we're deep as fans, right? So my reaction wasn't, oh, I immediately know what he's talking about. You know, I, I had to be like, what did he say? I had to rewind it a few times. I know. And be I did like, too. what what did he say? And right. and then when I when I was clear about what he said, it was unclear what he meant. 
and I had to think about what he meant. And it and it wasn't for I don't know twenty four hours or so until I talked to some people and I had some conversations and I was like, okay, all right, clearly this is what it is. So, Rob, do you want to take it from there? Yeah, let me respond because this is what people don't know. Andy Yingling saying Tommy June, Tommy June's Tommy Jones threw the widow ghost on both lanes. So it really would have been two for three. Here's the thing, though, Andy. Tommy Jones used the purple hammer on the short lane all 28 games of qualifying. And Rash knew that. Okay. Well, it only would have been 14 games of qualifying because well, in, the qualifying, in the qualifying, they did the two patterns, sure. 14 games each. Okay. But that's what I'm saying is that that's where the, the, the three for three comment because of the fact where. Tommy was using a purple hammer and to this get is, there. Okay? And, and Rob, let's be clear. This is this is coming from information that we have that that otherwise, like you know, really, really isn't something that you would have known because the regionals weren't covered all that widely. So, Tommy Jones throws the purple hammer at the regional qualifying. Grand mm-hmm. Fa, I'm sure he threw the purple hammer at the regional qualifying, and he threw it on the show. Matt Russo, I would imagine, threw the purple hammer at the qualifying and threw it on the show and ran the ladder. So, Rob, I guess where you're going with this is these comments were more about the purple hammer. I think they were, yes. Okay. Um, I it's it, look, it's no secret that Sean doesn't like the purple hammer. Okay, he has been very critical of it. It's he's been very critical of the softness of it. It's no, it's no secret. Okay. Um, I think his emotions did you know, spill out because the fact where one, he thought he lost at the moment. He thought he lost. He thought there was no way Russo was losing. And two, you know, I, you know, he was going through a little bit of personal stuff with his daughter. I know his daughter was um, sick or had to be taken to the emergency room. And I, I know he was emotional that way. So there was a lot of personal stuff probably going and he did have an outburst right at a time that probably wasn't ideal for Matt Russo. Okay. So that's pretty much really what happened. He had an outburst. He let his emotions spill over at an, not a very good time, right, in, in, in the show. Now, Mike, for me, I thought it was hilarious, one. And you know me, right? I would be a huge hypocrite, Mike, if I criticized a PBA pro for showing emotions during a show, okay? Now, don't get me wrong. They could – those – you know, it wasn't – the greatest time to do what he did, but it ultimately worked, okay? Because Russo got up and left the five and, 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 and split, and he won the match. Even though he didn't mean probably to do, like, to, like, be the reason or people think of the reason why he split, ultimately it worked. And he's bowling for $100,000 next week, and Matt Russo isn't. Bottom line, okay? Now, people could love me or hate me for that opinion, but it's true. The other point for I'm here trying to make is – the fact that um, he, you know, was really, really just over emotional. But people are talking about it now, Mike. We're talking about it, Mike. The whole bowling world is talking about it. Okay. Because the, bowl, really, the bowling world is soft. But go ahead. Well, the here it was a sad day for me. We'll talk about uh, in a few minutes how it was a sad day for me when I realized that my dream of a PBA of people talking shit and having and being emotional is dead. It's dead. There's too many people out there that were so hurt and, and, 
and 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 oh my god, I can't believe Sean did that. Ban him for life. And the over emotions of it all were just, dude. I'm calling out Lucas Wiseman, okay? Because Lucas Wiseman didn't even know what the hell Sean Rash said or the meaning behind it. Jeff Riggles on Twitter had to go and correct Lucas, but Lucas is making all kinds of tweets. Oh, drop the hammer on him, Tom Clark. You know, uh, he deserves a, a huge fine and a huge ban. Dude, Lucas Wiseman didn't even know what the hell he was saying. He just was like, oh, oh, ban him. And all the social media, you know, keyboard warriors out there. Oh, ban him. He did such a bad thing. Oh, he said shit. Oh, he said shit. It's so, like, dude, it was a sad day for me realizing that my dream of actual, like, talking shit and emotions, people right now in today's day in 2022 can't handle it, Mike. They can't handle it. They, can I, cancel can I, culture can I make, is so real. Can I make a couple analogies here that, that I thought about in this situation, right? And and generally, generally, I agree with you. I'm not saying I agree with every word, but generally I agree with you. I think that the bowling community's reaction to this is soft. Oh, okay. soft. It's soft. it's super soft. It's, and it's so in bad. terms of in terms of trying to make bowling more entertaining, right? Like this is not the reaction that we need in a situation like this, right? Kevin Tate commented saying Tim Buck. Tim Buck would have had him off the tour 30 seconds after the comment. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, it would have been so quick. It would have been like Yeah. They so would just, they would have had a big hook, Mike. They would have just pulled him off. Yeah. So so let me oh man, there's so there man, I know so it's so talk about because here. there's such good it's, comments too. And, and it our, is, and there, there right is, now. and I'm sorry we're not getting to more of them, right? You can throw some up if you want while I talk. But a good one. uh Lou Spasaro in the chat. No one had a problem with Weber turned to Belmo and said, You wanted it, you got it. Don't miss. All right, I I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But I want to make a couple analogies. Rob, players in other sports. You know, challenge the referees, you know, question the referees' calls, question parts of the game, question actions by the other players and things that were done. You know, we don't we don't even get to hear the 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 language and the back and forth many times on the on the field of play in many of these sports. So could you imagine some of the things that are said out there on the field of play in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the moment? When you're competing, okay, a lot of things go down, all right? Sean Rash is in the moment of competing here, okay? He, a lot of these people who are commenting, they don't even understand what it's like to be in that mentality, okay? And it's a a different mentality. So when I look across the spectrum of sports, something like this is, it shouldn't even really register that much of a blip, even if he is talking about the integrity of the sport, because let's be honest, there's some questions. There's some legitimate questions that a lot of players have. Okay. A lot of, Dude, let me read this have, comment right? because this Cody hit it on the nail on the head. Unless you're a true P- fan of PBA bowling is boring as hell to watch on TV. I agree. It is very boring. The only way to get the ratings up is to raise emotions, which leads to entertainment. Mike, this guy just said what I've been trying to say in two years in one comment. Right? Now, what is nobody even knew what the hell he was talking about, but he showed emotion and people are all, but the PBA, they're going to 
They're going to, you know, put him on um, a probation for a year. They're going to suspend him for a tournament. They're going to give him an undisclosed fine, which you all know is probably yeah, like a thousand or two thousand dollars. It's a tier two tournament, okay? I mean, I I think the 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 punishment was somewhat of a slap on the wrist, and and, and I'll say I don't think the punishment was about the language. I think the punishment was about uh, the the integrity piece of what he said, right? I DJ definitely would feel. I definitely feel like what's up, Johnny. I definitely feel like there was there was more to the fine and the punishment over the integrity piece than over the language piece. But well, it know, doesn't I, have nothing to do with the language, right? That was clear, right? The, the, the him saying shit had nothing to do with the fine. The PBA look, the PBA was in a kind of a bad spot because the PBA had a, the, they had to do something, right? Because he did curse, right? Whatever it was, but why? Why can't the PBA handle its business and let Tom Clark do what he needs to do? Why does the rest of the bowling community and bowling world have to react with outrage and shock at this? I mean, oh, because social how, media. How is, is this shocking? Like the guy has already come out and said he wants to ban your thing. So you think it's shocking when he gets pissed off in the heat of the moment out on the lanes that he lost to somebody using your thing again? So yeah. I don't know, like, I, I, you know, listen, I'm also somebody that speaks my mind, right? I, I, I'll say, I don't want to, I don't want to get board. into this. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get into this, but I'm, I'm not well liked in what I do for a living because I call things as I see it. Right. And, Dude, and I, I understand that perspective, right? I can relate to somebody in that perspective. Now was the setting the wrong place to do it? Absolutely. It was the wrong place to do it. but. Right. We had Chad Murphy on. We had a discussion about these urethane balls and the testing. And I read the USBC reports myself. And, and we've talked to other players about them. And there, there are some questions. And there are more players that really question the validity of some of the things that have been done here and some of the decisions that have been made. We see that the PBA was going to start testing the balls. Now, that could be from players or a small group of players complaining to the PBA. I, I don't know about that. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there. But clearly this is, you know, what he said is not something that he's saying just because he's crying about it, right? It's it's something that he, re- that he really believes. I'm, I want to be clear about this because I'm going to say something next and people are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? It's something that Sean Rash really believes is an issue, okay? And Sean Rash, I know for a fact, is not the only player that believes that it's an issue. Now, with that said, Rob, to me, this is this is crying over nonsense. You know, and I said it on Twitter, like, and I got into an argument with your brother this week too. Your brother, everyone gets an argument. With everybody, with uh, yeah, don't at Jeff Pierishad on Twitter unless you want to get into an argument. He's a lawyer, yeah, by and, the way, so be aware. Yeah, uh, I <laughs> in the conversation too. I said on Twitter, listen, if you bowl for Storm, I don't want to hear your shit. I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't want to hear it. You know, for years, they have been the dominant source of bowling balls in the industry. You know, they have dominated winning in this game. You know, Rob, I'm not getting into it, but you and I know that there were loads of professional bowlers out there who were not throwing Storm equipment who felt like every time they went on the lanes, they were they were at a distinct disadvantage. And this went on for numerous years, right? So, uh, 
I don't know. To me, if 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 you are benefiting from that overall success, to focus so much on one bowling ball and and, and one product from one company really seems like you're you're uh, you're focused on the wrong things here. See, and above I, and beyond that, that, it's not what I would say to Sean is he knows and he knows this. It's not the bowling balls. Throw it better. Throw it better. You know, come on. I know the bowling balls give you certain here that, but in the end, when you're there, when you're at the show, you know, you got to out execute the guy that you're bowling against. Yeah, but I kind of feel like it's more just the, um, it's, he's not crying because of the fact that he can't beat the Purple Hammer. He just, like you said, he feels that this ball is illegal. And he feels that why, like, there should be a level playing field, right? And if you feel like that a ball is illegal, and yet, um, you know, maybe even have some stats to back it up, then why should you keep continuing? This is his livelihood. This is how he's putting food on his kid on his table for his kids. And yet, he feels that this ball is illegal, and nobody's doing anything about it. And every week, he has to compete against it. That is giving somebody an unplaying, uh, unfair playing advantage, Mike. So, I mean, in, in Rash's mind, you know, in a lot of other PBA players' minds too, not just Rash, that this ball is an issue, and it obviously the PBA is testing, the USBC is tested. Um, so they are under the impression that there might be something wrong, right? They tested a lot of the balls prior to the show. So well, they're, they're they're not taking these steps just because of Sean Rash, right? I mean, that's. That's the point. There's got to be there's got to be at least a little more there for for these organizations to be taking these steps. No. Yeah, I mean, look, but at I, the, but at the same time, if they found anything, don't you think they would have reacted accordingly to it? Of course, they would have banned them. We don't even know. Do we know that well, balls were you, illegal? We could. They could have. If you think the answer to that is no, then I think you're bordering on conspiracy. Like, well, they knew something was wrong with it, but they didn't want to do anything about it. And I got to be honest, at that point, I'm kind of like, I don't know. Unless you got solid proof for me, I'm probably out on that. Okay? Yeah. But but again, to me, two things. Number one, these guys are good enough to know that, you know, the bowling balls, get out there and execute. Okay? See, I'm going to disagree here. Why? I got to jump in here. Josh Hale, most corporate sponsors don't want to be part of a sport with integrity issues. Other than that word, it was it was really no big deal. Corporate sponsors don't care about integrity. They care about ratings. Bottom line, okay? If the, if the show gets ratings and people are watching, sponsors are going to want to be a part of it, okay? Now, you're going to hate me for this, Mike. WWE, bro. How many sponsors do they have? I'm just saying. No one cares about integrity, they get so much ratings that people will buy into it, right? It's all about well, the ratings and entertainment. When you when you put that comment up, I, I you know I wanted to respond like it, it. You know, we all watched football this weekend. A lot of us watched football this weekend. Great games. Like, wouldn't you say that the NFL not being able to really identify what's a catch versus what is not a catch is an integrity issue? Sure. Isn't oh, yeah. isn't some of the isn't some of the refereeing? questioning the, the questionable refereeing that goes on in these NFL games. Isn't that an integrity issue? I mean, really, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm asking, I'm, I'm not saying that they are. I'm asking like, would it be fair to categorize 
those types of issues as integrity issues because when I see this this purple hammer issue, I kind of think of it in in a similar way. You know, uh, is is it a major integrity issue to me? No, but is it something that maybe deserves some discussion or some attention in some way, or is it something that I'm not surprised to hear the players refer to in the heat of the moment? You know, or or after the heat of the moment of competition when they're still fried because things didn't go their way. Well, you see the same thing in the NBA. You see the same thing in the NFL. You see NFL players and coaches go into go into uh, press conferences and talk more about the refs than they do about the shitty mistakes they made during the game that really cost them the game. Right. Okay. Right, and that's right. my point here to the bowlers. Right. Stop focusing on the bowl bowling balls. Focus on what you could have, you know, what you could have done better to throw it better to win. And I would say that to any any bowler at their level, not not just in this situation. This is an interesting point because I did not know this. So I appreciate it, Ernest, if this is true. According to the Beef and Barnsley show today, yeah, they I, I, heard, I, I watched their show. I watched so, the, I watched the eighteen minute clip that they put up today of their discussion, and I, I did uh, I did hear that. Yeah. So that's interesting. So now I would I would imagine Sean probably knew that too while he was bowling, right? You would imagine he knew that that those these balls weren't getting tested when he originally thought they were getting tested prior to the show. Now, do you think he has the outburst if they actually were tested prior to the show? It's a good question, Mike. Yeah, perhaps. You know, and here's another issue. Michael Michael Tanigan, man, thanks for joining. Motive's original jackal was deemed illegal, but a win was allowed to stand. Look, you're right about the integrity issue. Look, NBA, they had a ref that actually got caught gambling on games, Mike. Remember Tim Donahue? Remember that whole story? Soccer is known for its corruption. What's the big story in sports this week? Barry Bonds isn't going to the Hall of Fame. Roger, come on. I mean, I don't know. Uh, To me, this is a – if it's an integrity issue, it's a very minor integrity issue. No, probably not, Kevin Tate. If Sean would have stayed with Brunswick, would he have had a purple? Sean is not known for using urethane. I don't think I've ever seen him use a urethane on the TV show. He might have maybe on like a short pattern, but – I doubt it. He just is one of the players that will use performance on resin on 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 shots. So I doubt it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Mike. Look, love it or hate it, it it it, it was it caused a lot of controversy, a lot of online chatter. It, it it caused a lot of ratings. And look, we there's one part of it here too that we need to talk about before we get to the next show. I want I just um, want to address this comment. Ten pit life. What's good? says, if testing goes well, I would bet the outburst doesn't happen. I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with I that. I think because, so. I think he's right. Yeah, but he there was – guys had obsessions with this ball before any testing was done or testing was even discussed. You know, the, the issues with this particular bowling ball go back so far that uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know if the testing would satisfy some of, the, some of these guys because – it, Rob, am I wrong that in some instances it was insinuated that the ball could be tested as legal and over time and overuse could fall into the category of being deemed illegal? I mean, I, I believe that's part of what I read in the USBC report. So my response to, to Ten Pin Life would be, well, yeah, then if the ball tests legal, you know, that's not going to drop the argument. It's going to be, oh, well, yeah, it tests legal here, but who knows what it'll test after they take it to uh, their home house and use it for a hundred games. 
Look, here's the point. To me, this is the final point that drives me crazy is I really feel like this is the, the high level point of this whole situation, Mike, is the fact that the PBA still doesn't know their own identity. Okay. And what I mean by that is they're fining players for showing emotions. Okay. They're, they're really hammering these players from any kind of emotions or showing emotions or having a kind of outbursts. And to me, that makes for a boring show when the pros feel like they can't be emotional or else they're going to get fined. There's some chatter. There's some talk in the chat room about Simonson showing emotion and getting fined. Okay. Rash just showed emotion. He got fined. I'm sure Pete Weber in his day has probably some fines. I could be wrong. All I'm saying is that the PBA doesn't know their identity. They're still acting like they're this high-class sport, real professional bowlers that, you know, are, you know, like this golf-type sport, okay? But in reality, Mike, PBA isn't a white-collar sport, okay? It's a blue-collar sport. There's a lot of great people in the sport of bowling that are very, very great, have great characters, great personality, great charisma. And what drives me crazy is the PBA seems like they're just anytime you show any kind of real emotion, not fake, you know, emotion, real emotion, there's a possibility that you might get fined. Okay. And I feel like the PBA has to encourage their pros to be themselves, to show emotion, to be outspoken, and to try to get uh, you know these ratings up because that's really what is going to cause it, not just a robot bowling and throwing strikes. Okay, I, I that's just I my opinion. Know, but yeah, I don't know if emotion is the right word there. I I, I think um, outburst. I think was a, another word you used that I I probably like better. But I don't I don't think the PBA is out to find people for showing emotion. You know, I think they're finding people who, who, you know, show emotion over things that relate to the integrity of the competition going on. So you know, do you, so do you agree with? So let me ask you now. We'll talk a little bit more on this because I have no it. problem with the PBA and Tom Clark finding somebody like Anthony Simonson or or uh, Sean Rash in this case. No, I don't. My problem is with the rest of the bowling community. And, and their reaction to it. Let's you know, talk Tom, about that. Tom Clark is in, We did. We did. Tom Clark is in that position to do exactly what he's doing. He has to do what he has to do. Okay. Let's talk about that. But, because but we I have all some... don't. We all don't have to react as if uh, we're outraged and shocked and oh my goodness. But I want to throw this comment up, Rob. Do you want to? Can, can we go there for a second? Yeah, I'm gonna because I'm gonna pull up some of these comments that a lot of the okay. pros were making because okay. we have some. I have some some cutouts, okay, of what some of the pros were, were, were saying in the backlash, okay? Uh, Dave Waka on his Facebook post, be more of a douche. Yeah, I said it, okay? That's one of the comments. Tom, let me pull up Tommy Jones' comment here because this to me is like unbelievable that they actually, um, people are actually really like the other pros, people who are bowling are pissed about it. Um, sorry here. Uh Tom Doherty, uh, I hope all those sponsors on that bowling jersey were watching. Okay. Um, let me pull up Tommy Jones' comment here. Um, oh, no, Radical Bowling. Radical Bowling put up this post. 
Ever wonder why the PBA isn't what it used to be? Watch the biggest Bush League move ever. Hashtag whiner. Okay. So even the bowling companies got into this. Okay. Completely trashing on Rash for literally like um, showing emotion. Tommy Jones, who, by the way, is going to be on the show next week, this weekend, right? Tommy Jones versus Sean Rash. We'll talk about that a little bit. Tommy Jones posts, some say integrity and some people are just pieces of shit. Those people know who they are. Be more fake. Okay, that leader got taken down. Um, and then Lucas Wiseman, who I criticized, writes, classless, inexcusable, unacceptable, be better. I've known Sean Rash a long, a long time, but I hope Clark, Tom Clark drops the hammer on him. Okay, so these are some of the reactions and comments from pros and even bowling ball companies. Um, and Mike, like, like you said, the the reaction from the bowling world was was crazy. It was so much of an overreaction, but it's Rash is able to hit a lot of um, what is it nerves with people. I feel like it gives excuse. You know, and maybe a valid excuse, but it gives an excuse for people that already didn't like him and hated him to jump on the ship and just, you know, really, really bury him or want to try to bury him. I mean, what do you think? Am I wrong here? I mean, you you heard those reactions. What do you think about Tommy Jones going on Facebook and saying that or, you know, Lucas Wiseman, who, you know, works for Flow Bowling, go on and, and jump on the, you know, just burying him. And he didn't even know what the hell he was really even talking about. He had to get explained to him later. Yeah, I think that there's a there's a line to me between the players and the and the fans, and and by fans I mean commentators too. Um, I I I guess I expect the players to have a little a little more of a, a harsher reaction to that because he's saying something about their performance in what he's saying. Uh, am, am I right about that? Like in, in what he's saying, he's almost saying that Tommy Jones didn't bowl all that great. It was the bowling ball that, that that did it for him, and he shouldn't been able to use that ball. So if I'm Tommy Jones, you're getting I, you're getting a little. <laughs> I, what's the Jordan <laughs> meme? And I took that personally, and I took that personally. You feel me? I mean, I that's so I so I draw a line between the players and the fans, and and when I say the overreaction and and that like. When I criticized the overreaction in general, I'm talking about the fans. I'm not talking about the players. To the players, I mean, a lot. If, I'm, if I'm somebody a like lot. Tommy Jones, I want to be fired up anyway because I might bowl the guy on Saturday and it's just more motivation to go there and get out in the zone. So, okay, so you know. here's a good point, Ramsey. The PBA needs some villains in the sport. I've talked about that, didn't I? Mike, haven't I talked about that? Though This weekend's ratings might be some of the highest in a long time because of all this, which I believe is great for the game. Right, ratings are definitely great for the game, but here's the key: is and is what do we want to do? We want to shut. We want to shut the guy up. We want to, you know, everybody right, tell him he's bad and don't ever do this again. And I don't know, like, maybe, is this Rash coming out party though to be a villain? Is this his uh, coming out was, party? Come on, he was a villain long before this. Well, the I whole mean, bottle incident, like, but is and this I'm is not like, saying he's a villain. I, you know, I'm saying I, that's how he was. I don't, I'm just saying even well before this. But could right, he, is this so, the is this the time when he could take over a Pete Weber type, like persona, like and really, really like rub people the wrong way, but be, yeah, but well, beating them, he's got to win. It's though. funny you say that because 
look at how people view Pete Weber. Well, while he was right? doing it, a lot of people didn't like him too. Like, okay, but now, like, I mean, he's he's was like the face of bowling. What outsiders talked about in bowling, P. Weber, still to this day, when he lost his mind to Carolier in the U.S. Open. So, so like, we all want to criticize Sean Rash for this as fans of the game, but I, I, I think, and and I don't, I don't. Let me be clear. I think the game needs more hypeness like this drama like this but i don't want it to be over integrity pieces of the game Perfect. i don't want Dude, it that's, to be about bowling great... balls i don't want it to be about urethane bullshit i don't want it to be about lane conditions or lefty versus righty i want it to be about the money you know uh the competition let me the, ask you a question by will to win i want you to, i want you to answer this question because i love talking about this if Rash turned around after he left that spare and hypothetically he looked at Russo and he said, now it's your turn to like, you know, uh, strike or, or I, I look, I'm trying to say, what if Sean Rash turned around and talked shit directly to Matt Russo and that had anything to do oh, with the integrity I mean, of the game? People's he, heads would have exploded. And then he gets up and splits and he people's heads, people would have wanted Rash disqualified. Right. Okay. They would have wanted they, they would have wanted to disc to do away with that shot, disqualify Sean Rash, and let Matt Russo move on anyway. There would have been a reality, large group of people calling for that. So in reality, though, in the overall high level picture of this whole thing, whatever Sean Rash did worked, and people could love him or hate him for it. He's bowling this weekend, Mike. Okay. And I'm gonna tr- we're gonna talk about the West Show because we do have a couple of the storylines to talk about. Yeah, and, and the Southwest show. We're going to get to them. This is just – see, this this goes to show you why the sport needs more like this because when these uh, events occur, it, it does create really create something to talk about. Uh, you know, so, some Dude, somebody – This is a good one, Leon Platt. Go ahead. What about Ernie Sch- – I mean, yeah, we need more of Ernie Schlegel-type reaction. Okay, like – because guess what we'd be talking about Wednesday if he was running around going, oh, my God, I can't believe he split. I can't believe he split. Like, it would have been like people would hate him for it. And, and, but, and Rob, you know, what I was going to say before the comment there is like, what's what's the nature of bowling, bro? Where are we? Are, are we talking about bowling here? Are we talking about bowling? I, I don't I, – I'm going to – I risk sounding like Allen Iverson talking about practice. But, like – where what is the nature of bowling, Rob? It's a game that 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 is an action game with guys chirping at each other and and talking trash and and you know gamesmanship. Rob, we talked about Norm Duke earlier. What about the games, Rob? I've been at tournaments where Norm Duke, after the pair switch goes down, will walk down to the other end of the bowling center to use the bathroom get a ball, come back down, take his time just to make the player wait a longer amount of time to throw a shot. Like, you know, changing the tape, changing the tape. It's like his famous thing. There's no criticism over that, right? Because it's not so out in the open, right? It's not so uh, uh, aggressive. Well, maybe we need to accept the aggressive out in the open instances as well. No? I agree. I mean, we grew up on that, and it was the most entertaining – I used to, we used to watch hours and hours of people bowling action matches because 
you knew that there was going to be a lot of shit talking and it was entertaining, Mike. Mike, it was the most entertaining. The bowling the high rollers and watching these matches where people, you knew people were, oh, a Texas guy is going up against a New York guy. You knew it was going to be fireworks. Mike, there would be hundreds of people at the showboat watching a, a high roller match between someone from Texas and in, 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 in New York. And you knew they had their guys from Texas. They had their guys from New York. And the fans would start fighting with each other. And then the bowlers would start going at it, okay? Dude, that was the most entertaining part of bowling, right? And I don't care what anyone says. Bowling needs that. PBA got so soft, these guys are clearly never bowled with Joe Stillman. Patrick D, I, I mean, look, like Joe Stillman was one of the most entertaining bowlers. We used to follow him around when he bowled the high roller because you never knew what was the hell he was going to do. And people loved it for him. It was the entertainment factor was through the roof. The PBA, yes, it needs to stay a professional organization. And I'm not saying it needs to become the WWE, which, you know, I've said probably in the past. But there, there needs to be an entertainment factor. And Sean Rash doing what he did, even for a split second, created a lot of entertainment factor. It did. did. But, the, but the enter, uh, again, the entertainment needs to be separated from these these integrity-type sport issues. All right, Rob. All right. Are we we good? got a lot more to talk about. Are we good? good, man? We got a lot of our system. Folks, folks in the chat, are we good? Everybody I, good? I, Can we move on? Dude, we got so many comments. I can't even go through it. But um, oh, this is uh, this is an interesting comment right here. Yeah, by Ten Pin Life. Uh, we talk a lot about gambling and bowling. Yes, we do. Uh, what about allowing action between players? Hmm. I mean, I'm I would love it. it. I would it. love it. Sure. I mean, if they could have, if if you if we could get Tommy Jones and Sean Rash to bowl each other on the show on Saturday, and they want to put up an extra five grand a piece, I think that would make it even better. But hey. to to be to be clear though, Ten Pin Life. Uh, there, you know, in, these, in these matches, they're they're already bowling for significant amounts of money at times. So even though it's not money coming out of their pocket, it's still money that could possibly be going into or not going into uh, their bank accounts. Mike, I'm not going to be happy until the PBA has to hire a security guard for the, for the matches. I'm not going to be happy. We need a security guard sitting on lanes, you know, and then you know making sure that these players aren't going at it. That's also, what we need in the PBA. Ten Pin Life, they've done that in the past. They had a five thousand dollar PBA all Dude, in Doug Division. I was just I was just gonna put that comment up. If I anybody know, knows not... if anybody knows the entertainment value of action, uh it's, it's Dougie. Dougie it's right. Dougie and and, and he has done a great job of bringing that out in, in what he's done in the community. So like you Thanks, we, Kevin, need, man. we need it. that. We need that. We need we need that that vibe in the PBA a little, a little bit. Right. And people need bit. to stop with the softness and accept it a little bit. All right. We're going to end All the right. discussion. West region. West region there's Mike. more bowling to talk about, Rob. There's more there bowling is. to talk about Southwest region. Belmo. Let, let me tell a story. Who bought stock in Belmo, Mike? Who no, no, that's West region. That's West. Oh, region. we're talking All Southwest. Right? I forgot yo, about the Southwest yo, region. All right, I keep, forgot hold your Southwest. gloating for a second. Okay. Hold your gloating for a second. All right. You egotistical. Let me tell a story real quick, okay? Oh, God. Let me tell a story. It's like 2000, okay? I'm in Jersey City uh, at Roosevelt Lanes attending St. Peter's College. Shout to shout to all my peacocks, Joe Stillman being one of them. Uh, and I'm at Roosevelt Lanes on a Friday night, and in walks Tim Mack. And Tim Mack has two, uh, two, two gentlemen with him, okay? Two, two foreign gentlemen with him. And... Tim Mack literally stands up on a table, okay, and announces to the entire building, no microphone needed because it's Tim Mack, 
and announces to the entire building that the two guys that he brought with him are here to bowl, and they'll bowl anybody in the building for any amount of money. Okay? One of those guys was Arturo Quintero. A young, a very young Arturo Quintero as well. And from that day, I have always remembered that name. Okay? And I, I have always waited for this player to have some real success on, on a big stage. You know, and it never really happened, Rob. It never really materialized. And, I and, and it's been a while. Okay, and then so- I saw his name. I saw his name on the roster for the Southwest when I was checking the rosters. And I thought, oh, interesting. I'm like, wow, I haven't seen that name in uh, in some time. You know, it, it's it's cool to see him back out there competing at this level. And then throughout the weekend, I saw, wow, it looks like he's going to make a run and make this. And then he comes out and he wins the show. Uh, great story here, Rob. I have known Otero Quintero since my days at the High Roller. Um, and I'll be honest with you, Otero Quintero never was great at the High Rollers. He never really had a whole lot of success at the High Rollers. Um, I know he, he had some success internationally, but when Otero was younger, he, 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 you know, he was good, but he wasn't great. He wasn't like, uh, he wasn't like a Brian Kretzer or Mike Machuga. Um, you know, he he was young. He he grabbed it a lot at the bottom of the swing. Um, he came from probably the same type of bowling where he it seemed like they didn't really have a whole lot of like back end. Like so he, he really grabbed it, really grabbed it. If you watch a video of Arturo bowling in the 2000s, early 2000s, he hooked it a lot, a lot, and he grabbed it a lot. And that didn't equate to success on the tour because that's when, you know, high performance was at its peak. And, you know, you're talking fresh patterns. And if you grabbed it, um, you had no success. I mean, look at Bill. When Bill was younger in high school, he grabbed it too. We all grabbed it. But Bill eventually had to calm down that grab and soften up his hand. And now he's the bowler he is. Watching a churro bowl on the show this weekend really made me – acknowledge how far he's come as a bowler his style is similar but the bottom of his swing he's worked really hard in his game and you could tell it i mean there is no doubt about it you could tell i love otero i love his emotion i don't care if he's yelling in 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 you know dutch bro like i love the fact he's just showing raw emotion he's yelling in spanish did tom clark interpret what he was yelling in spanish did maybe who knows what he was yelling in Spanish? Was he questioning the integrity of the game while he was yelling in Spanish? I, I'm hoping say, the, how do you say purple in Spanish? Do I don't know, but maybe Spanish? maybe he purple was yelling hammer. at all. Maybe he, maybe he was yelling at all the haters, um, you know, while he was bowling great. But Arturo's a, he's a nice kid. He's always been nice to me when I've seen him. I've always tried to talk Spanish with him, but it never really worked. Um, and like I said, it's just good to see him and some new faces. Uh, and that was a, a, another great part about all these shows is being able to see such, you know, um, great, like just young bowlers that, uh, that we never seen before bowl on TV. Arturo is one of them, you know, the, the unknown known, right? If you bowl any type of amateurs or professionals in your day, the last 25 years, and you've bowled a high level amateur tournaments, 
you know the name Arturo Quintero. You know, his brother is a pretty good bowler, Mario Quintero. So, um, you know, awesome to see him leave the sport seven years, come back. I feel like that was the storyline, and I would love to see him on how he's going to do on the show because he's got a murderer's row, Mike, that he's going to be up against this Saturday. But, you know. Uh, I looked up how to say Purple Hammer in Spanish, and it says, Google says, Martillo Morado. I heard that. That's what he said. Did you? Okay. Yeah, I did. He said, no no integrita. Martillo Morado. Martillo Morado. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Tom Just Clark speculating here. On, I'm just speculating here to sweep the rack. All right. Um, uh, but, no, listen, great bowling. Uh, and, and you're right, Rob. He brought, <laughs> wait, wait. he brought the passion did, to the show. And, and did it, was, he, it was nice to see. I think he said, I'm your daddy. I, I Maybe – I think I heard that too. He was talking about a purple hammer being someone's daddy and, um, you know, how he's going to – I don't know. Take over the world or something like that. Um, yeah, you don't. You often don't see, and and I'm not. I mean, I don't want to call him older. He's around our age, I would imagine. Some, I think somebody in the chat just said he's 43. Um, you often don't see somebody like that, you know, really uh, making like their first. And, and again, I know it's not his first success, but his first success in a while. You know, usually it goes the other way. So. It was interesting to see that, and and I'm interested to see uh, see him on the show Saturday night. Yeah. All right. So can we get to my gloating? Go ahead. Belmo is back. He is back. Mike, besides me betting on him and winning, okay, which was the easiest bet I ever made. I made that bet two days before the show, and you could justify that. I said, put all my money on Belmo. 50 to win 145. Broke me even, okay? Um, but here's the thing about Belmo, and, and, and I'm going to ask you a question. Was that the best you've seen him bowl on TV? In general, the best performance you've seen him bowl in his career? No. No, really? I, I mean... I mean, you look, it wasn't a major... U.S. It Open technically win. Technically, it was. U.S. Open win comes to mind. I remember being blown away with how good he he bowled on... Uh, okay, so would you put that top five performance he's had on TV? All right, can I give a hot take here? Oh, God, here we go. Can I give Don't a tell hot me take? you're going to hate on him now. Don't tell me you're going to hate take? on him now. Go for it. Everybody relax. <laughs> All right. Everybody chill, okay? What do you mean chill? Why? What? What is? Because because you you and all the Belmo stock buyers, okay? You're all you couldn't wait. You're all chomping at the bit. Just oh, he's back! Oh, Tiger's he's back. back! He's back! Oh he's back, boy! Listen, listen, he's back, baby. He's listen. back for a player. And and let me be clear here, because I know people people get pissy at things I say on this show. So let me be clear. No disrespect to anyone on that show. Okay. Those guys, all those bowlers who oh, made that no, show. I don't really go bowlers. with this. Here we but go. Nobody on that oh, show is anywhere in the same stratosphere <laughs> as a as Jason Belmonte. Okay. That show might as well have been a warm-up for him. All right. People are you want to talk about people overreacting, Rob. To, to treat Jason Belmonte winning a preliminary show in this manner is almost disrespectful to Jason Belmonte. 
He's going. Okay. He did it. He did it. He right. did it. So, you know, now, Gil Blackman just asked, just, just commented. He looked sharp and determined. He did, though. That I 100% agree with. I 100% agree that you could tell that that he was there for business. He he wasn't going to be announcing the show. He wasn't going to be in the booth. He he was the, he was there to win. There's no question. Okay. With that said, you know, for the level that this guy is at, I expect I expect him to win that event. Okay. Okay. First off, I don't. In order to get to the show, like those players had to bowl. Okay. He had a tough match his first match. He did. That um, what's his um? Oh man, what I forgot his name, dude. Great kid, young kid. Well, Bailey first... Maverick. No, it wasn't Billy Maverick. It was um, motherfucker. <sighs> Hold on here. I have his stats. Uh, it was uh, oh, uh Cortez, Cortez Shank. Cortez Shank. Shank. Look great. Okay, he did. He came he out looking great. great. He, he did look great. great. Okay. Um. Wesley Lowe struggled, okay, which was surprising to me. I thought Wesley Lowe was actually going to have a great look on that because the lefties have had great looks on the previous shows. Um, but Mike, I mean, he went literally 238, 246, 278, 257, okay? It doesn't matter yeah, who he was rolling on that show. Throughout the whole show, there were probably – Three frames where there was some level of pressure on him. Oh, so you think that's what? No, dude, it didn't matter who was bowling that okay. show. Was Robert Mattingly in the chat saying he made a statement that he is still the one to beat out there. Why? By by winning a preliminary. Robert, the way he won, he wins, the way he if won. he bowls that way and wins on Saturday, then 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 okay, then we're okay. Gonna so have let's a talk about Saturday. About that. So let's talk okay. about Saturday because there's a few things Saturday. Okay, Belmo's back. We know the storyline here, right? Um, you know, we could talk about Butcherf because I really look, I could be really speculating here. Wesley Lowe really screwed up Butcherf. Okay. Wesley Lowe practicing and bowling the matches before Butcherf was getting on in his pair really hurt Butcherf. Butcherf needs to figure a way how to win on TV. I think he's in the same boat as EJ in a sense where it's the same thing with Butcherf every time he makes a show. Doesn't hurt. It doesn't also hurt. You're bowling the best in the world who just came off a 278 game. <laughs> so, you know, wrong place at the wrong time, I guess. Let's talk about the show Saturday, Mike, because it's going to be an amazing show, right? Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Fox Sports 1. Sweep the Rack's going live at 8.15. Hope everyone could join us. Um, how important oh, is hold, hold Friday? On yeah. Hold on one yeah. second. People... People are flaming me in the chat. Yeah, they, Nico, you deserve Nico, to be flamed. Nico, you deserve Nico it. Puhar saying, name me a time where a bowler got no less than nine and had one ball out of the pocket for four games. Bob Nico, Yeah, Nico, how about how about I'll name you a bunch of people in the, in the <laughs> 90s if you really want me to school you, son. Yeah, okay? but not on two patterns. Go look up Bob Learn Jr. on YouTube, all right? And he did, it, he, did it, he did it against a roster of Hall of Famers in an arena setting, okay? Yeah, in the house so, shot. In the house shot. Okay, maybe. Which you criticize. Which you criticize. Maybe, maybe. That's debatable. Not on a two pattern. Not on a two pattern. He also got a mulligan that day, which was was bullshit. Okay. (laughs) Which was. Let's not talk about that. Okay. Let's not talk about that. But nonetheless, 
Let's Nico, Nico, there's other performances out there just like it. All right. So yeah, let, let's, let's not go there. It Dumb was it was impressive. impressive. I'm not saying it wasn't impressive the way he threw the ball, but for a guy of his stature, you know, that that's listen, if Tom Brady is on is has a bad season and he comes out the first game and, and he and he beats the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, a lot of people are going to say, oh, he's back, he's back. But there's going to be other people that are going to say, well, you know, it was the Jacksonville Jaguars. And again, I'm not disrespecting anybody who was on the show, but that's the way it turned out. There was never really much pressure put on him on this show, right? So, yes, that's what I was Let's see that performance Saturday. Okay, Okay, so let's let's talk Saturday. Saturday. Let's talk about Saturday. I'm hyped for Saturday. I'm hyped for Saturday. I can't wait. Let's talk Friday. Let's talk Friday before we talk Saturday. Let's talk Saturday. Let's talk. Uh, the, the stepladder ranking. How important is that stepladder ranking Friday? Which, by the way, is going to be on PBA's Facebook at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, $2 Mike, Phil! $2 Phil! Hooking why, the why, people up. Why isn't Flow Bowling as the streaming partner of the PBA covering one of the one of the greatest like stepladder um, seeding rounds of of the year. They didn't Flo cover Bowling. it last year either. I don't think why they though? did. Did, they? Why did they cover it last year? I don't think so. I can't but, remember. I don't, think, I don't think so. But why, like, what is going on Maybe there, Mike? Did. Maybe they did. I kind of remember watching it. How How's Flo? Yeah, we all know what's that? going on there, Rob. We all know what's going on. The handwriting. But isn't this just further right? evidence that Flo is out the door? Yeah, they did cover it last year. I I, I do remember watching it. Lewis so isn't this further right evidence? There. Isn't this further evidence that Flo is out the door to a certain extent? One foot out the one foot out the door. Sure, but I mean, hasn't that evidence been going that way for for a while? I know, but but this is, is just it, speculation. Can, right? can I can I make the point that last year this tournament was worth a quarter mil, and this year it's a hundred grand? Uh, I mean, does that does that diminish the importance of having to cover this at all? No, no, it doesn't to me either. It doesn't to me either. Coley, uh, I when mean, Coley left, I'm, I heard she took the 150 with her. <laughs> I'm just speculating there, too. Uh, here, Here's what I'm interested in. Like, is the PBA paying $2 Phil and his production company to do this? Or is he doing it on his own? Or is is this sort of like a test run of... You know, perhaps two dollar Phil being the new streaming service for the PBA or whatever his maybe because according according to here's the thing that opened my eyes according to two dollar Phil he's covering I think the PBA Junior tournament that's going on right now right that's on Sunday um he's got twenty cameras I think I read somewhere that that he's covering the Junior tournament twenty cameras Mike that's a lot better than one camera (laughs) or three cameras. So sure. I mean, I'd be curious to see what the, the the production looks like for the PBA Junior, and if is that something where this to me is going to be the most important decision the PBA is going to have to make if Flow Bowling is out the door on their streaming service on upgrading it and putting it on a greater streaming service. Nonetheless, Mike, we digress. Friday night, how important is it to not be in the first match? Or it or does it matter? Because we've seen previously where someone like a Belmonte couldn't get hot and run. Is it an advantage to be in the first match? I mean, obviously, as a bowler, you want to be in number one seat, right? Because you're guaranteed money in one match. 
But it's a fair question, right? Because we've seen so many players in the in the past win their first match, get comfortable, figure the lanes out, and then in cruise control to the finals. I mean, if you're asking me, I want to be the top seed. Of course, I'm just saying, of course, but uh, as a number five seed. Okay, so I think it depends who the number five seed is. Are you giving me Belmo or Tommy Jones in the number five seed? Because if you give me one of them in the number five seed and they get locked in, then I could easily see them running the ladder. Are you giving Otero, me? Are you giving Otero me needs to be number Otero one seed. Because right? you're not going right? through Tommy Rash and Belmo. I don't know. I know. I mean, are you giving me Rash as the five seed? I'll take him and, to make a run as well. You know, but if you're giving me Graham Fa or you're giving me Arturo Quintero in the five seed, I'm probably less likely for them to make a run. Um, who's my money going to be bet on? Uh, I'm going to have to wait to see. I'm going to have to wait. If you if you made me bet without seeing the results of the of the step ladder qualifying, it would be Tommy. Based on the based on the looks from from the previous show, but uh, if I can get good odds, probably taking Belmo on this show. You know, especially with the way he bowled in in the in the you know in the okay. So here's uh, my regional show. Now let's talk entertainment value. Okay. Because there's a lot of possible storylines here in this show, okay? But Rash, Rash Tommy first match, Mike. Let's get no, no. Let's get. <coughs> let's let's let's. Here's my ideal top five: Quintero, Fa, Fa, yes. Quintero <laughs> first match. Fa wins the first match, and Both the next Rash. bowler up is Rash, and we get to see Rash. Bowl a lefty with the purple hammer, purple hammer. right? Beats him. Then, then well, Tommy, Tommy, because you know, okay, we want to see the Tommy. fireworks there. And then if he gets through Tommy, Both we get him on the finals. Let's go! Oh my god! Oh, if it comes out that way, I'm gonna be sick. I'm gonna be sick, bro. That it's gonna bro, be that's, so crazy. That would be the oh my goodness! Like, could you imagine? Dude, the storylines, watching that show. And we're going to be live. Yeah, we're but you know what, live. Rob? Randy Randy, and Rob, they ain't even really going to talk about it, Rob. Because uh, they're going to be talking about how hungry they are for stickers. And they're going to be talking about other ad placement. And listen, I get it. Uh, I get it. I okay? But, yo, honestly. Dude, is <laughs> I, I, I want to be clear. I'm a fan of Randy Peterson, yo. I know, right, please? I'm a fan of Randy Peterson. All right? He comes on this show. I, I like. I love Randy. To Randy Peterson for twenty years. Talk bowling. I'm a fan of Randy Peterson, but the commentary on the show had, was rough over the weekend. Dude, you know, it was. Rob, it wasn't Rob's, keeping my attention. There were a lot of mistakes. You know, they they didn't really want to get into the conversation about some of the stuff that they should have been getting into. You know, I I, I like the the pap six pack for the players for the money. But, like, does everything that they say or or 50% of what they say have to revolve around some sort of connection to a sponsor? Yeah. I mean, I don't mind them giving support to the sponsors. Like, if that's what I don't either, but it's just, it's, it's, it's constant. And it's like, oh, here's a good one. Is that does Rob Stone talk more than the guy who actually knows the sport? Look, Rob, Rob Stone is a professional announcer who has been trying or been learning the sport of bowling. And I've been critical of Rob Stone in the past because Rob Stone is a little bit, for me, sounds too much like an infomercial than he does an actual commentator. Um, 
And I just – he annoyed me this weekend, Mike. And annoying – annoyed was probably the word I'm looking for because I, I didn't hate it, but he just got under my skin on certain parts, and I just was annoyed by some of the things he, he was doing and saying, and I just – it sounded more like an infomercial than an actual, like, major – and I don't, I don't I mind don't, him having fun. I, I love, I love his enthusiasm. Yes, but, yes. But, but I could, do, I could do without some of the other uh, kitschy st- type stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I just, you know. So if you, if you, hey, look, if you're tired of Listen, listening to that, we're giving you guys an opportunity. We got you. Mike and I. We promise to give to be entertaining, but we will be giving analysis of what we think the, the matches are looking like, how the lanes are playing. Um, and we were trying to get guests to come on. And I have some some good guests that I'm waiting to hear back from. Saturday is probably the worst possible day for us to bring guests on because a lot of pros are traveling. Um, what's up, Vinny? Um, I, I former, really wish former bowler of mine there, Rob. Dude, I like anybody named Vinny. Okay, that's the bottom line. Um, Vinny Lopez. I mean, His from, dad was definitely from Brooklyn too, Rob. Dude, being from Brooklyn, Brooklyn I like anybody named Tony, Vinny. Um, you know, I get along with it's just how it's always been. Anyway, listen to us. We're gonna help you. We're gonna get a pro analysis. We're gonna be have fun. Hopefully, there's some drama. Maybe a security guard. Maybe there's some kind of controversy. And you want to be with us while we're watching because I promise you, if you would have saw my reaction when that rash thing happened, I called Mike. Mike was. In the I middle was, of a bowling tournament. I was trying. I needed a double to cash in the 10th. And Rob's called me on my phone. And I pick up the phone. And Rob's like, are you watching bowling right now? I said, Rob, I'm finishing the tournament. I got a double in the 10th for the cash. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You got to watch it. As soon as you get home, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. I'm like, all right, Rob, I promise you, as soon as I get home, I will oh, I was fast hyped. forward to this I was match. Oh, man. I, yo, I, I thought it. the way you called me. I was honestly expecting to see a physical confrontation. I would have told you to leave. I was expecting to see like. I would have told you to turn the TV on. I would have said, "Go to the bowling alley front desk, have them turn the TV on because everybody needs to see that." But I was excited. It got me hyped, Mike. That's the emotion that I want. I want to feel when I'm watching a sport. The Chiefs Bills game. I hate both teams, but the emotion that I felt watching that game was unbelievable. Right. Same thing with that match. I love the people in the chat. Yeah, they, did I, you double? I love. I no, I didn't, but I still got the cash. Yeah. <laughs> I still got the cash. <laughs> I still snuck it out. I made the spare yeah. in the tenth. Anyway, so it's going to be a great show. Tune in Friday night for the stepladder seating on PBA Facebook. Um, you know, let's hopefully get an ideal stepladder situation so that maybe we could see a couple of these storylines that are going to take place. But tune in with us. I promise you it'll be fun. We'll have a blast. Mike will be eating. I'll probably be drinking. I'll have the spread. Who knows? Anyway, Mike, are we good? Do we want to – are we – I think we're on already massive overtime, but I feel like it was – it was it was worth we it. had to go overtime. Let's give the yeah. people what they want, Rob. Uh, Rob, th- yo, shout to the people for the support on the rosin bags. You, Dude. yo, you people got me busy as hell running back. Yo, the lady at the post office knows me. She knows all <laughs> about Sweep the Rack. 
She knows all about our rosin bag. So, yo, shout to you people for uh, for your support. We appreciate it, all right? It's still if available. Want, if you want a rosin website. bag, worst of the week rosin bags, we're running out. We're running low. If you want to get them, you better get them. SweetDirectBowling.com. SweetDirectBowling.com. So, so check uh, us out. Right? Show, show some love. Show some support. Even though, honestly, we're probably losing money on these with how much it costs us to ship them. But that's okay, people. That's we okay. don't care about that. That's not why we're here. We're here to spread the word to the people. Yeah, and I have Rob, to send the rosin bag out tomorrow to Brad. In case you're wondering, Brad, your rosin bag is going to send out tomorrow. Apologize okay. about that. Uh, do you want to go? Yeah, I'll go because I'm going with the GOAT, Mike. Okay. I'm going with the GOAT. Tim Buck. Our best friend, our BFF, Tim Buck, USBC message boards. I don't know the original post. I don't need to see the original post. Tim Buck, admin, Bill Sell, your attitude towards others bothers me, FYI. Okay, why? No response. Bill Sell, if we are being honest, FYI, you annoy me too. Dude, his message board is getting to the point now where his attitude is bothering people. Like, literally, this guy is out of freaking control. Like, I don't... I I can't... Your attitude towards others bothers me. It goes to people's heads, you know? When people go on the internet, you know, and they get some people following them. That's more than that, Stu. go up on their message board or whatever it is that they do, their little YouTube page. It's you know, it goes, it goes to their head, Rob. You can't blame people. It goes to their head. I mean, yeah. Tim Buck's one example. There might be other examples. There might be other examples. I don't know of this, of this Stu, kind of behavior. See, but, you know, I understand. 50. I understand. Mike, Stu's throwing 50 out there, but he doesn't see the YouTube and the Twitter, he doesn't see all the other streams. Right. Stu, Irrelevant. we're way over 100, buddy. We're Stu, way don't over be 100. such a hater, Stu. Don't I know. be such a hater, dog. Come on, man. Please. I, I And all the support I show, all this, this guy gets personal texts from me saying, "Good, you know, safe travels and good bowling, bro. Have a good season. And then he comes in our podcast and, hey, right, come on, Stu. Show some love, dog. Damn. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's here's my here's my uh, my worst of the week. Oh, I have two I have two great choices here, but Rob, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the one that actually has a, a personal, well, uh, a secondhand personal personal connection to us anyway. So, kind of a funny story here too. So I saw this post on Twitter. Uh, I saw this post on Twitter from Brunswick Bowling. All right, and the post okay. was of a of a, a bowler who won the Greater Reno Sparks USBC Masters uh, with, a, with a Gold Rhino Pro. The guy's name is J.P. Kana. Oh, as Bill okay. said, that's the that's J.P. <laughs> so good. It's so good. So you so, know the story behind that kid? No, like, hold on. Happened? You can tell okay. it. You can tell it. Okay. Hold on. Okay. So I see this post, and he used a Gold Rhino for yeah. this post, right? Yeah. Uh, Honestly, the Gold Rhino is my favorite bowling ball of all time. Love that sure. ball. I, I I used it for years. Love that ball. It's one of my favorite balls. So I retweeted the post, totally unaware of anything here. I retweeted the post and said, this is my favorite ball ever. Okay. A person on Twitter responded to me. And their, their name on Twitter was A New Hope. 
And the person said, that's me. Okay, so I'm assuming that this person who's responding to me is the bowler, J.P. Kana, right mm-hmm. now. Today, I wake up, and I'm reading my text messages, and I'm like, wait a second, Rob, Rob sent this same screenshot to Bill and me. And I'm like, is it a screenshot of my retweet? And it wasn't. It was just a screenshot of the post from Brunswick Bowling. Okay? And you are asking Bill if this kid is the same kid who was trolling him or something on the internet. (laughs) Bill proceeds to tell you the story. Now, this is all going on last night, and I don't see it. Bill proceeds to tell you the story, right, about how, yes, this kid was trolling him on the internet, and then they happened to be at a tournament together in the paddock, and PJ was there, and PJ knows this guy, and said, oh, hey, JP, Bill's right over here if you want to say it to his face or whatever, and the kid kind of like sulked away or whatever. Yeah. Right? So I see all this this morning, right, and I'm like, oh, man, this guy, this guy who I retweeted, was taking shots at my guy, really? So I had to go back on, and I had to respond to him. And I said, now remember, he responded to me saying, uh, his response was, that's me. And I said, who's you? The guy in the picture? Because I heard he's a hater and a troll. And here's, here's, his re- here's his response to me. Are you ready? Here's his response to me. It's in the third person. He was a bit of an asshole at one point. He had to take a few punches, figuratively and literally, before he learned to let his ball do the talking. Fair point, so, bro. I used to be so, like that when sorry, I was younger. Listen, JP Kata, I got to give it to you, bro. I got to give you worst of the week for that one. I'm sorry. Dude, so know, funny, if you're man. If you're going to come and interact with me on Twitter – you know, you got to know, you got to know that's my guy. And like, yeah, when I heard that, I had to, I had to come back out. So. Oh, dude, I, we got into it. Like, I, obviously, Bill wasn't going to say anything, but I, I remember his post being like, uh, Bill O'Neill's tar- or sucks, and I'll, I'll bowl him for any amount of money, anytime, any place. Like, literally, he just completely dumped on Bill. And, oh, man, you know me and you, right? If we see that on the internet, like, there is going to be a, a war go on. It, it, it did. I responded. And was like, bro, you couldn't even beat me, let alone Bill. So then I started getting into it with him. And then I think my brother Dave started getting involved. And it was a whole shit show. And we were just completely going. It was it was a war of epic proportions. And, um, you know, <laughs> we just had fun with Bill uh, about it. Because Bill, like we tell, hey, Bill, is it, you know, is this your guy, man? Let's, are you going to bowl him, whatever? Um, you know, hey, that's we all great. can't bowl trolls like uh, Ryan Simonelli. Which we didn't get a chance to Yo, talk about. I know, I know. We will uh, probably next week. Next week, we will yeah. next week, though. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, we had one of our followers on Twitter hit us up and, and say they 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 might live stream that. Yo, match. shouts I'm to Edwin, man. Shouts to Edwin, man. That's it. Yo, <laughs> that would be awesome. We could, but that's the same time I think the show is going on. I think their match is the same time we're going to be streaming. Um, no, Robert, we were. Uh, we're, we're we'll probably talk about the match next week. Because um, we we had too much of a review uh, with the players, but Mike, you want to save your worst of the week, your other one for next week? Yes. Okay. Perfect. I'm 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 ready for the the show next week. So.
final thoughts, Rob? Mike, my favorite PBA show is going to be airing Sunday, FYI. And it's not a regular tour event. It's the PBA Junior Finals. I mean, we re- I, I really enjoy that show, Mike. I do. Because you get to see these kids, these 16, 17, 15-year-old kids. And you, you think of yourself. You do. Brooklyn, Brooklyn you do. Rob. Back in the day, JBT Brooklyn Dude, Rob would have been, would have been the bringing fireworks I, to the show if he would have made it on the PBA Junior show. My I, goodness. Dude, oh, I'd have been Ryan. Goodness. You want to talk about PBA fines? I'd have been the only 16-year-old to ever get a fine and probably a suspension if I ever made a PBA Junior show when I was 16. Um, uh, but in no, case – Jared, the risk support uh, next not week. Make we'll talk our about list this week. Next week. Next week. Too much we we to can't talk, talk all night. We can't Patrick, talk all night. Patrick D. Uh, one 3D offset. I'll probably pick up a case of those Jones. Oh my god. Uh, the I remakes are never the same. The remakes doesn't are never matter. The same. Doesn't matter. Hammer. Anyway, oh so real quick, uh, the, the pros that are bowling on Sunday: uh, Tommy Jones, EJ Tackett, Danielle McEwen, and Liz Johnson. Uh, the kids that are bowling are actually, I think, believe qualifying this week. Um, so they're going to be bowling a bunch of games, qualifying, and then we'll get to see them on TV Sunday. So, Mike, we get Saturday night live television bowling and also Sunday bowling. Not going to complain about the bowling on TV the last two weekends. Not at all. Great stuff. Great stuff for us. And we get football conference championship games uh, on Sunday. Somebody's asking who we got. Uh, Chiefs, Rams. Chiefs, Rams. Lock it up. I'll take the Chiefs and the Niners. Ooh, the Niners, huh? Yeah, I think the Dude. Niners are going to get it done. I lo- Dude, I like this team. is a very good question. I don't know if she's allowed to use the wrist support on TV. We'll talk next week about that, but that's a good question. But the rule doesn't go in effect until the end of this year, FYI. The rule doesn't go in effect until next year, so she'll be allowed to use it. Mike, your final thoughts? Uh, I want to I respond to something Jimmy said earlier. Oh, Jimmy okay. said, Jimmy said, Bowling podcasters as bad as all the bowling organizations can't get along, son. No, no, Jimmy. No, no. There's no hate in Sweep the Rack. Check your record, okay? Sweep the Rack. I reach out to all the bowling podcasts and say, what's up? Ask Ten Pin Life. I reached out to him and said, what's up? Introduced myself, et cetera. I said, yo, what's your deal? Where are you from? What's good? So I'm always showing the love. I, you know, bring other podcasters on, et cetera. So hey, no, no, Jimmy. Everybody. no, no, Jimmy. Don't get it twisted. Come on, son. There's right, room for everybody. My, that'll be my final thought for the night. Nah, seriously. Uh, I, I put a tweet out today joking about how how professional bowlers must be upset at us because we started a podcast that interviews professional bowlers, and then other people got inspired to start their own podcast that interviews professional bowlers, and now professional bowlers spend exponentially more time getting interviewed on podcasts about professional good, good bowlers. For, that's good for them. You know? They need the exposure. Well, Stu, no. relax. We know you were trying to show love. Relax yourself, all right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> you invite us on your show, all right? Everybody chill. I was I was joking with Stu. See, Stu doesn't want to Stu doesn't want to be accused of being a, a a Sean Rash type antagonizer, right? No, no one wants to be that that guy. He's in a tough spot right now. So you know, I understand. <laughs> I yeah, get he's it. tough. I, I told him, it. by the way, I, I chatted with him a little bit and I told Sean, I said, bro, you my my advice to you, stay off of social media. Focus on this weekend. We talked about win the tournament the comments, and then go on Sunday, and then do whatever the hell you want to do. Mike, I would be like Tom Brady. You know, everyone Tom Brady wins games. He selfies him talking to his fans. Yo, if I'm Sean and I win that Sunday morning, 
dude, I'm going to have a trophy and a selfie, and I'm going to just be like, I call you. <laughs> uh, listen, Fef, if you're still watching or you see this, <laughs> yo, send me a recommendation. Uh, no, you sound good, though. You sound good. You don't look good, but you sound good. Yeah, I would like to get rid of this setup anyway. Send me a recommendation, Fef. All right. All right. Not not one that costs uh, four figures, though. Okay. Let's keep let's keep it under four figures, please. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Rob, All right, guys. Great show tonight. Had a great Saturday. Time. Love love discussing everything. Saturday, eight fifteen. We'll be on. We'll be ready to go. We'll be discussing the show. We'll give you the commentary. Come hang out with us. Come watch the show. Follow us on Twitter. I'm the two one fifth. He's Brooklyn Rob at Rob eleven. Rob 11. Hit us up in the email. We love getting the emails from people. We respond as quickly as we can. Uh, sweep the Rack at Gmail. Hit us up on our website, uh, sweeptherackbowling.com. If you want to pick up a rosin bag to help support us, pick that up. Uh, everybody, enjoy YouTube, the YouTube, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Yeah, on hit the subscribe button on YouTube to help us out. All right, everybody, have a great week. Enjoy the bowl. We'll see you on Saturday. All right, peace. Peace. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.